up, guys? I'm back. Got another segment here for you that I'm excited to be able to share. I'm Jordan. I'm your host today, uh, as always. <laughs> and uh, got some things to cover. We're a little, a couple weeks out since we've had our last podcast. We've had a lot of things changing and uh, growing with us and a lot of headwinds, which I'm sure many of you are running into those, those same types of things as you get up and operational. Um, so hopefully I can give a little bit of an update with this one here today and maybe you'll see some alignment with you. Um, we definitely got some updates for some prior podcasts and, uh, things that we changed that we weren't anticipating. Like I said, in every one of these podcasts, this is a process of what we're experiencing every day and what we're going through for starting up a business. What advice we give is what we're experiencing today. We may find in a month from now that the information that we gave was wrong listen to multiple podcasts, go through the whole series. You'll get a chance to learn from our mistakes, but you'll hear the mistakes of how we made them, our, ment- our, our methodology behind it, and uh, why we may have changed that. Or you might be able to see some of our successes, the things that we planned for being very successful, the things that we thought out, and it went through right. Um, so right now, sitting uh, where we're at, uh, we've got Kevin, who is officially on full-time now, which we're really excited for. Um, Kevin's going to handle all of our IT stuff, um, help, helping build our website, and getting our base uh, software up and operational for investors. We also got Zach and his family. They sold their house in Ohio. They purchased their house here in Michigan. They're going to be taking possession of that here in about two weeks and uh, being able to start moving up here towards this. So we're getting closer and closer to crunch time. Now, we submitted all of our financials into the bank, and we were ready for for it going into underwriting, and everything looked good. Now, one of the things that came back was they saw that we were only requesting about a half a million dollars for the build-out. Well, the quote that we got from our construction company that we reviewed uh, was about close to one and a half million dollars total. Now, we're anticipating that the builders are, the, the landlords are going to come in with a build-to-suit of about a million dollars. So, we thought we would need to request about $500,000. Well, what we come to find out is, is that the bank wants to write funding for the entire project. Um, so basically, we have about $2.6 million total that we need to be able to build this business. Um, and out of that, about $1.6 million of it would be liable for us. Um, we need a 20% down payment to get operational. Um, and... Now we need to be basically need to start up a whole lot more. Uh, beforehand, we needed about three hundred twenty thousand dollars in capital. Um, sitting now, we're uh, obviously significantly higher with two point six million. Uh, we need to have a startup of about five hundred twenty thousand dollars in startup capital. Uh, definitely makes things a lot more challenging, especially since we're getting towards crunch time, needing to come up with that those funds to for injection of capital. Um, everything's looking good with our business plan, all of our numbers layout, um, the loan looks like it's going to match up right, the, the credit score is good, but we really need to get that injection capital. So we're starting to take a look at uh, additional ways that we can get some funding. So um, one of the quick ways was you know liquidating assets. We've been selling everything I've got in my shop and closing down uh, Modern Mechanics and um, selling all the equipment from there, um, personally at liquidating all my personal assets to try to bring as much money to the table as I can. Uh, we're also, or well, I'm, I'm also pulling equity in my home, pulling money from my 401k, any place I can to get the money with, with it being smart. Um, that's, that's what I'm going after right now. And I think all of us on our team are looking at different avenues we can to raise this capital necessary. Um, we've got about everything, uh, we, or we're about halfway into our funding. Uh, we've got about half of our total need. 
But there's a couple different things that we can do to go after this uh, reduction in, in, in needs of capital. So $2.6 million is a lot of money. And the facility that we're coming into is, is a very large facility. So the investment that we're looking to get up and operational for this business is significantly higher than most other carding operations would have. Um, that's why we're high caliber. We're going to be a whole different level, but we've got to establish ourselves off the base of being that. So we can't just start it up and have it rough around the edges. We need to be the best of the best from day one. So our costs are very high in the very beginning. Well, we went through the um, the the bid from the construction company trying to figure out exactly how they got to the number that they got to. Um, and going through it, we feel like they grossly o overestimated things. Um, they put things in there like replacing 100% of the light fixtures in the facility, which is very few of them actually need to be changed. Um, there was a lot of things that we believe are marked up quite considerably and, and from conversation of other contractors so far, could be as much as a overbid of almost a million dollars. Um, we're waiting to find out more. We've got two other people, uh, companies that are going to be going in doing bids. Now, we should have done this day one. We should have gotten multiple bids from the very beginning. This would have put us in a better position right now, but we were enamored with the company we were going with. They have such a good uh, portfolio of really high caliber venues that they've built that we really wanted to align ourselves with them. But it's just looking like it might be just way too expensive for them. Um, so we've got two other contractors who are going to be doing bids. So every dollar that we reduce in our expense for the build out, it saves us the need to get $5 in startup capital because it's 20% cash injection. So uh, not only will we be reducing our overall cost by doing this, which would have been smart for us to do in the very first place, um, but it's also going to help make it so that we don't need so much liquid capital to be able to get up and operational. Um, so we're working that avenue. We're trying to reduce expenses there. Uh, we also did find that there is a cart manufacturer that uh, has the option for leasing out their carts. Now, our carts are going to cost about $400,000 uh, immediately for startup. Um, if we can purchase a lease at maybe 10% down or 20% down and then, uh, you know, a three-year turn-in cycle, that helps reduce our startup needs, uh, capital needs considerably. Um, so between those two things, that could get us right back, right back online. Um, outside of that, also, we're looking for additional investors. Connor and I are discussing doing pre-sales to try to generate some customer base and get people really interested in it, as well as getting that startup capital that could help uh, get a, get the loan moving. Um, so we're speaking to a couple people that could be additional investors. We've asked them if they're interested in coming, uh, coming on board with us. Um, those will be obviously the most expensive uh, investors, the most expensive money we can get because of the their expectation on return on their investment as the business grows. Um, so pre-sales would be really inexpensive, but it also owes, it, if we if we sell tickets, let's say for the carding operation, we say you, know, you can get your first tickets for a twenty percent discount right now if you buy now, or buy in bulk you get a discount. Um, one of the challenges of that is, is once we get up in operational, we're going to have a lot of people coming in, and we're not going to be generating revenue at that point. We'll have already recognized it. It's a it's a liability at that point with pre-sales. So we have to be careful about how much pre-sales we do because we do need more revenue once we get up and operational as well. Um, so one of the other things we're looking at is possibly doing some type of crowdfunding. Now there's a few different styles of crowdfunding. There's reward-based, there's equity-based. Equity-based, you could have it where people buy ownership of your company. Reward-based, they can get something for putting money in. So um, for example, we might offer where you can have a customized uh, go-kart. So 
let's say one of the cards on our track for one year, you can have it make it look any way you want. So um, obviously with, with as long as it's professional. So let's say I want a cart that looks like a pepperoni pizza. Well, I can pay to have the decals done that way and every pepperoni have my name on it or something. You know, we, we can have fun. We can be creative with it. Um, we can open it up for uh, people can put their business names on the cards or on the employee suit, uh, shirts. Those sponsorships are we're going to be going after those either, either way. So if we can get revenue from those things early on, it can really help us up with startup capital and uh, doesn't put us really at any revenue liability once we get up and operational because we'll be focusing on getting uh, businesses to come in and do uh, like their employee engagements and their trainings and their uh, their customer appreciation events or fundraisers. Uh, that's going to be our primary target once we get up and operational. Um, for uh, outside of obviously the retail customer as, it, as the walk-in that we spend marketing money to get in the door. Um, so those are that's kind of where we're at right now with the finances to it. And it's it's definitely it's a stressful time. You know when we got people who are leaving their company and moving and they're making those additional those steps and you know believing in this. You really got to go through and you really got to you got to prove yourself. Um, you know we have no concern and we never have since day one. If we had to come up with the money all ourselves, we'd be able to figure out a way to do it. And I still believe that firmly. I just want to make sure that we're doing it the smartest way because as easy as it would be for me to go out and sell equity in the business, long term for the business, that's not its best its best avenue. So we have to seek all other options first and find out what is our lowest exposure that can gain us the capital that we need to get up and operational. Um, so I spent some time trying to get an understanding with the guys in the group of what do they want this company to look like? And... A little while back, I had went through and I had created a, the mission and vision and the core values for our business and just just something to get on paper and make it a talking point. Now, I wanted to get together with the founders of the group, the people who are investing the time in this and make sure we're all on the same page for what it should look like and what those what those values really should reflect. And the, it gave it, writing it down and putting it out to everybody, it gave an awesome starting point for everybody to be able to Say, is, does this make sense? Is this what I align with? Or what changes do we need to make? We also did the About Us page. And that was really fun. It gave the founders a chance to go through and really see the story materialize. Write the, write the, the words of, of, the, of, of the book, of what we are, of a, of a business, how we came to be, what drives us. And um, really tell a compelling story to really, at this point, investors is probably going to be the main people looking at our website where this is posted, um, but also for our customers down the road. So we wanted to straight, we, we focused on a few things for the about us. So actually, I, I'm going to talk about all these things, but I'm going to start off here about the, the about us. Um, one of the things we focused on is right now, we really need to be, need to be in the eye of investors. So everything we're doing with the about us really needs to cater to an investor of them saying, these people have a great team and they have a great idea. Um, I've heard the, the, this multiple times, but uh, investors will often invest, uh, would, they would rather invest in a grade A team with a grade B idea than a grade A idea with a grade B team. Um, so we really need to put together you know, who we are, what we do, how we came about, how we're applicable to what we're trying to do in this, in this group um, so that people really can align with us and can understand that we have a successful business plan and that we're going to be successful no matter what obstacles we run into. Um, so our about us really needed to speak to those people. Um, a lot of these people were startup entrepreneurs themselves at one point. They can understand where we're coming from. They get the they get 
the challenges that we're running into, and they can also lend a lot of support, not just in money, but also possibly in advice. Um, now, our About Us page really does tell that story of us grassroots startup and all the, the steps that we've went through. Now, we also want our About Us to stay something that could stay consistent as, as our business does develop. So we were keeping in mind what is business, any business that would want to partner with us or somebody who might want to book an event with us. You know, we needed our About Us to really reflect that grassroots up and operational mentality, that um, small business mentality, because most of the uh, venues that we're going to have, they're, they're going to be 60 or less employees at their, at their outings or, you know, fundraising might be up to 250 people. So they're these small, uh, these smaller events, not these, you know, several thousand like concerts or, you know, maybe if you have a large corporation that brings in all your management team, but you, know, you could have 1500 people come to it. Our venue can't support something like that. So we got to focus on who's really going to be looking to utilize us and what do they value? So one of the things that they definitely value is that grit, that we started here, we made it work, we drug our way through it. So we needed to, to express that through our story. So in our story, we showed, you know, the, the us, you know, breaking a, building the racetrack initially through, you know, pretty much a hayfield at that point to, you know, start testing the products and they could see step-by-step step of what we went through and also reflect the amount of fun that we had through it so that people understand that that's really our goal. Um, and as we went through this, we were able to, we, we felt confident that we were able to reflect that. Beyond that, we also need our retail customer, the person who looks at, you know, what can I go do on this Saturday night, you know, with my buddies. They need to open something up that would have some humor, make them laugh, make them feel engaged. So while we had to stay professional in our About Us, we also threw it in there to, like you were reading, like having a conversation so that your average person may look at that and say, man, these guys must be really cool. This venue must be really fun. Let's go after this. So the About Us was a story. And not everybody has this. A lot of the About Us are very, very specific to this is how we started, this is the team, this is their background, and it's very structured. For us, we wanted to read like a, a compelling conversation, like we're, like, like I'm having right now, talking through this, that you, you can feel it, you can hear the tone, you can read it through. I, that was what we really focused on. And honestly, I feel like we knocked it out of the park. I put together a basic rough outline and that, that gave talking points, and we went through word by word as a team together here at the shop um, and just really changed out how we wanted to speak. Kevin went through it uh, and is currently still going through it and basically did his, uh, he's, he's very, uh, has a great attention to detail. So he's going through and making sure all it grammatically, it all makes sense and making sure we're using the correct words. Um, and then that's going to be posted online. That kind of gives our last checkbox for our website of being able to show that we have a professional online presence. Um, Kevin's also working with, you know, social media of giving, getting us to be, uh, hashtagged and, uh, getting recognition out there so that once we do go live, it makes it very easy to broadcast our name. Um, so that was, that, that was the about us. We built it. We, we really wanted to say, who are we and what, what, what is it we want to, what brand do we want to display out there? And really we want to display a brand where we're youthful, fun, loving, energetic, passionate, driven, but really down to earth. That's kind of the bigger portion of it is we want to make it so that we seem accessible to everybody, no matter how large we get or how small we are. 
everybody feels like that they can have a conversation with us when they come in the door. So that kind of led us into our mission, vision, and core values. Now, the, that was a much more difficult thing for us to, to build because th that's going to be something that's probably distributed internally for a lot of things. Granted, we're going to post these things online and, and let people see this because we're proud of it. We're extremely proud of what our mission, vision, and core values are. Um, but it took a lot of time to get us to where we were really happy with what we've developed. But these are, I mean, this is our, our this is planting our flag on our company. You know, every employee is going to read this. Every customer is going to read this. Every business partner is going to read this. And it's, it's really our brand of our company. What do we want to be? What really matters to us? So it was actually pretty easy for us to do, to get the basic idea of what we wanted to, to say. Um, you know, we, were, we knew what message we wanted to convey, just how we conveyed it, how we worded it. That was the important part. And I'll give some examples as I, as, as I go on. But for us, the only thing that matters when a customer comes in that door is that they have the best experience that's physically possible. We want people to leave our facility feeling new and fresh, like they've got a breath of fresh life in, the, in them. And that's the idea of our company is everything we're going to try to do is experience driven so that people walk away going, man, that was exciting. That was so much fun. And to get our employees all to understand that that is your goal every single customer, every single day, and for your employees. The employees, we want that same thing, that when they wake up, they're excited to go to work. Not something that they're, man, at least today's only a six-hour shift or something like that. If those words are ever uttered, I'm failing as a business owner for my employees. So our mission, vision, and core values really were were outlined outside of, uh, of, of that, that, that idea that we care about fun. We care about engagement and excitement and everything that we do, we want it to be experience driven, not something that that you go watch and have fun. You know, like uh, going to the movies, it's fun, but I don't feel like I'm engaged and, and involved in something. I just kind of brain out during it. I want something that I, I want our company to radiate that thrill, that excitement, that heart race, that uh, that that you get once you accomplish something new and you know the competition in the environment that comes from it. So we re we put all these things in kind of a bullet that we wanted to cover and then we tried to figure out how does everything line up and uh, we, were, we were really able to, we started off with our, our vision and we were able to build the mission and the core values really all in that same sense. But we started off with vision, we moved to our mission, we jumped down to core values, came back up to the mission and we were able to figure out exactly uh, what we want to convey. Um, and those mission, vision, and core values will be what lead us forward in the next five years, maybe. I mean, they can be updated as things change, but ideally you want them to be your, really your constitution. You want them to stick with you long-term. Um, so what we came up with for our vision, obviously that was where we, like I said, we first started there. Um, so our vision of high caliber karting is to tear down the boundaries of indoor motorsport entertainment and rebuild it in innovative and immersive ways to provide customers with an unforgettable experience. Now that sounds really enthralling. It's just, I, I'm, I'm going to bury myself into this when I read that and think about the opportunities, but really the, the idea is, is we don't want to give you the same standard feeling you can get somewhere else. Everything we do at High Caliber Carding, we want it to be something new, something fresh, something big. And we want to really take you away from that, uh, that comfort zone. We want you to get outside of your comfort zone and get into that, that competitive mindset and that determination and that drive. Um, 
And really, that's what's going to give that great experience, which that's our mission. Like I said before, the only thing that matters when people come in that door, customers, employees, anybody that does business with us, including vendors, is we want them to leave excited and happy for life. So our mission is pretty simple. Our mission is to create joy through an immersive and engaging experience. So even if you're just coming in and you're using our simulators, we want you to feel like you're a part of the business. You're you're welcome home. That that place that our facilities need to be so comforting that when you come in, that you feel like you can say hi to the the, the you know the staff by first name. That's what we want. But the idea we we actually had a challenge. Our mission originally we put in there that it was going to be about fun, and. Fun and joy are two very different terms. So fun for me might be, I may walk into the building and throw a smoke bomb in the middle and think it's hilarious. And yeah, I had a lot of fun there. Well, we had to we had to keep things professional as well. But joy is something that you can get without being, um, w- without causing problems, really. It's, you can experience joy in, multi- in many different levels. So we, we chose that word specifically. We were very specific about every word that we use for interpretation of what our core audience is. So... A lot of our retail customers, are the, the average walk-in is going to be a college student. And we have to be cautious about what they experience as, as fun. And we had to keep it professional. And um, some of the guys, they fought back when we were talking about this, about putting professional in there because they didn't want it to take away from the idea that you can have fun with it. And we went back and forth on these things for a while. So we jumped down to the core values. And the core values changed quite a bit. We had we had a, a well, I shouldn't say we. I What I originally put together was very... Uh, short-worded and left a lot of open for interpretation. But what we came up with was four core values that everybody that works with us and for us needs to needs to express. Um, so our core values are act with an urgent and professional mindset. So everything the customer needs, wants, or things that come up that have to be done, get them done and get them done now because that leaves the ability to get the next thing handled without being overwhelmed. Um, and then the professional mindset of making sure that, you know, we do this still with while remembering that we have a business. We're not going to do things that are going to jeopardize the business's legal framework or uh, le- or open it up to liability. Uh, our next core value is live with integrity and passion. And whatever that is, as long as you have good integrity, when you say you're going to do something, you follow through with it is, is a great example. And passion, no matter what your passion is, that's what life is about. And we want everybody to be able to to live for those passions. And hopefully those passions are also what our business is. That's what we would want our employees and our customers to be is that they're passionate about what we're doing. That's what we're doing this for is so that people can have that joy and that excitement because our venues give that the, the, the experience that everybody that comes to us is passionate about. Possess a servant attitude is another one of our core values. And really this is just, we feel this as founders and we feel this as, uh, as human beings that if you take care of the people around you, you put everybody else first, you're going to have a really good life. Now, what we find is when we put everybody else first, they tend to put us first and everybody just works together in this harmony. And that seems to be the way that the world goes around and the way that we want it to go around. Granted, you might get into situations where it's, you know, you have people who are going to take advantage of you and that sucks. That's a bummer. But that's, that's something that we, if we run into that, that's not a part of what we're trying to what we're trying to focus our team on. We don't want everybody to constantly be skeptical about our vendors or our our service offerings, things uh, or, or our customers coming in and what they request for. Put their priorities first. Make sure they're having a great experience and you're going to see that when you fulfill those things, people are genuine great people. 
That's what a servant attitude is about, is just putting forth the belief that nobody's going to take advantage of you. Nobody's going to hurt you. If they're out there, they're, they're few and far between. This world is a great place. And if you try to cater to that world and try to create it even better by being having that servant attitude, you're going to see things just, you're, you're going to have a great life as well. Our last core value is pursue of achievement through self-discipline and de- determination. Now, self-discipline is a very difficult thing to have. It's, you know, for me to do this podcast, I have to be disciplined to leave my microphone sitting in the middle of my desk and say, I'm not moving that until I do this next podcast, because this takes me time to go through this and edit it and listen to it and make sure that I don't have uh, weird popping going on what the, uh, and editing out those things. And um, this is all a big learning curve. I have to, I have to be self-disciplined to hold myself accountable that I said, I, this was something I was going to do and I'm going to continue doing it. Now, that's hard for a lot of people. But guys, if you can discipline yourself, you actually are giving yourself freedom to do anything you want. So think about that. If I can discipline my brain to enjoy an experience, let's say I got to clean the bathroom. I don't know if there's really anybody out there that likes to clean the bathroom. But if I can look at it as, man, I have an appreciation for the ability to have a bathroom that I need to clean or uh, the, the, to have the satisfaction of the accomplished task. You know, I'd, it was filthy. It was just, you know, there was bugs in there or whatever. Um, you know, I'm digging in my shop out, out, out in my garage. You know, there's moths on the windowsill. I clean it up and that, that look and when somebody goes in there, that the idea that they're walking in and going, wow, this place is really nice for it being in a garage. You know, those things are, I can be self-disciplined to be driven for that and have the pride in that. Um, it's really just changing your mentality. But if you can change your mentality about every situation in life and you have the self-discipline to believe those mentality changes, you really, you can, you can accomplish anything you want. So that we wanted to be in there, but determination being another component. And when I, when I think determination, I think uh, maniacal determination. I am just insanely focused on achieving something. So the thing that I use for an example was when I raced my motorcycle when I get on that bike and I go on the track, there is nothing else that I am focused on but being the best I can be on that. And because the stakes are so large, I can die if I take a corner wrong. That I am maniacally determined to do it perfect as to my best of my abilities. And I'm gonna I'm gonna look at, at you know what did I do wrong here? What could I have done better here? And constantly just be determined to be the best of everything. So if I set a goal for myself to just have that determination of achieving that goal at all costs. We want people to live a determined life. It's a life of passion. It's a life of drive. It's a life of success. So if you can self-discipline yourself to enjoy things and and to have positive mindsets of stuff, and you can be determined towards your accomplishments, I mean, really, that's, that is... That's that that is the, the the building blocks of success, honestly. It really is. But you know, that gave us our mission, vision, and core values. And we're very proud of those things. Now, the about us I won't read through, it's it's rather long, but it's something that we wanted to tell a story. We wanted it to appeal to the emotional factor of people because if we go into crowdfunding, people are gonna look at these things. Uh, if we ask for investors or, you know, people listen to this podcast, we want people to be able to say that we are passionate about helping other people. That's the only purpose of this podcast. That's it, is that hopefully somebody out there, when they listen to this, they hear what we're going through and they say, yeah, I, I went through that same thing. Or And you can hear the steps that we took or the challenges we went into, or, or maybe it'll save you from 
going into underwriting with a bank and finding out that you need startup capital for the entire business. Those are the goals is, is that we're hoping that everything we do with High Caliber Carding raises everybody's bar around us and gets them to be more successful. So hopefully that gave you guys a little bit of an idea of where we're at, gave you a quick, a quick update. I'll do another one later this week, another podcast. We have a lot more topics that we want to cover and I'll give you guys an update, but I really appreciate everybody listening. This has been super fun seeing the seeing the, the uh, amount of uh, listens growing and um, hopefully I'm helping you guys out. You guys are welcome to send me feedback. Um, it, for It's uh, jordan at highcalibercarding.com. You're more than welcome to send me an email with any feedback or any questions you have. I'd love to be able to answer those things or do my best to. Uh, but other than that, guys, thanks for listening. You guys have a wonderful day. Peace. Peace.